welcome to the Solo BG Podcast. In this podcast, we talk about solo and cooperative games. We also bring you news, audio unboxings, Kickstarter updates, and interviews with amazing personalities around the industry. We hope you enjoy this episode. And now, here's your host, Derek Rodriguez. Hey, my friends, welcome to another episode of Solo BG Podcast. Derek here, and I'm very excited to be with you again after after Gen Con 2021. That's right. Gen Con 2021, we were there. We had a blast. Uh, and I will tell you all about it. I will tell you the first half of the episode uh, will be talking about that, about Gen Con. This is episode 102, by the way. And as the, we were doing on the 101 or the previous episode, before we jump in into the whole world of uh, Gen Con 2021, once again, which it seems like a different world, right? Completely. I feel like, um, you know, like we 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 are in a different era after 2000 after 2000 at the end of 2019 beginning of 2020 depending on where you are it feels so long it feels so long since we have this pandemic and this huge change in the world but um you know it's all good it's all good now it seems like we're doing better and of course as long as you take care and we all take care we're going to get there but we had jenkins so i'm going to tell you a lot of stuff about Gencon. What we were talking on episode two of Solo BG Podcast, well, over there back then on the second episode of the podcast, that if you go and listen, you will notice that the quality of the audio, it was even worse than probably what it is right now. Uh, so please don't judge on that. But, you know, we were with the same energy and same passion as we are today, 100 episodes later. And we talked that back then about tiny epic zombies, which, by the way, I remember picking this up on Gen Con 2018. So, uh, Tiny Epic Zombies, it's still in my collection, actually. I have it here in my hand. Uh, you know, uh, a game of brutal survival by Scott Elms, and it published by Gambling Games, of course. And it, it's a, a game from 1 to 5 players, 30 to 45 minutes, age 14 euro plus. It's still in my collection. I still play it. Last time I played it probably was about 4 months ago. Uh, great solo game. It's definitely on my top three of the Tiny Epic Universe. And it's a game that I don't see it uh, leaving my collection anytime soon. And all, back then, once again, I did a review. I did an unboxing of the game. I told you all about it, the mechanics, and what I thought about the game. And actually, I still think that this game... Well, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't listened, actually, to my episode two. But I think this game plays great as solo or two players. Um, it, it's still good, it still will do good like, for three or four or even five. But... Um, one or two is probably the sweet spot. And, and, and actually, as a solo game, it's probably my second favorite of the whole Tiny Epic Universe. My favorite, I don't have any, any afraid to tell you, it's Tiny Epic Galaxies. So, um, uh, you know, Zombies is it's always a genre that is good. You know, it's always a fun genre. So um, that was it. We talked in episode number two about Tiny Epic Zombies. And 100 episodes after that, well, now we're going to be talking about Gen Con. 2021 and back then we didn't have any idea of the whole the whole roller coaster of situations that we were going to have right um and also on the second part of the episode i'm gonna talk as you read on the title about one of my discoveries actually on gen con and that i ended up uh you know getting the game there uh disclosure there they give me a special prize buying the whole uh, i guess uh the whole deal, right? Neoprene mat, the locks, components, and everything for Atlantis Rising. So um, it wasn't a review copy, but they gave me a special prize because of the podcast, and I ended up getting everything uh, from our friend from the Elf Creek Games over there. So anyway, I'm going to tell you all about it in, in a little bit. But before before we do that, let's start with the, with the first part of the episode, which is, of course, Gen Con 2020, 2021. <laughs> There you go, Gen Con 2021. There you go. Okay, so now we are officially starting with the Gen Con subject. Oh my goodness, this Gen Con was so different. In case if you haven't been in any Gen Con before, it's 
not not uh, I'm not afraid to say that it's the biggest convention in whole America as a continent. You know, going all the way from Canada uh, or, or even above. You know, Alaska, all this stuff. Going all the way down, 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 down to Argentina. And uh, yeah, it, it was it was nice. It was it was beautiful. It was unique. It was fun. Uh, and I I wanna you know point some some positive stuff about Jenkin. Uh, before and just to tell you a little bit of the story, before of course uh, like the two two months prior, it was still a roller coaster of, of situations because uh, back then you know Jenkin sent a survey to all of the potential attendees or the attendees, uh, and you know a survey of course regarding COVID nineteen. Uh, and it was either if we were in favor of, you know, requiring uh, vaccination for all the attendees, uh, you know, requiring masks for all the attendees. Uh, so anyway, w those kinds of questions, right? Like very personal and very anonymous questions. And of course, you were answering those. And back then, uh, they did require a COVID-19 vaccine. And it was going to be something about you were going to, uh, you know, at the time of check-in, you were going to show your vaccination card, and then they were going to put a bracelet, uh, on, you know, on your hand, or they were going to give you a bracelet, better said. And then in that way, you would be uh, free of using mask, I guess, inside in that way, you know, that would be the situation, right? But of course, I mean, there were some situations of, uh, you know, of people that they got the vaccine versus people that they didn't get the vaccine. And I guess to avoid a bunch of conflict, uh, Jenkins decided to take that rule out like a few weeks prior and they just said hey you know what um you don't have to we're not going to require proof of vaccination or anything uh even though they did a statement that i think above 90 percent of the potential attendees were, were already vaccinated but anyway um they just require mask during the whole event uh you know full mask over your nose and mouth and gaming areas and also of course in the vending hall so i think it was something uh, positive in a way, in that way, you know, everybody feels safe with, with the masks and everything. Um, so before Jenkins, actually, Dragon Con happened, which I hope I'm not wrong, but if I'm wrong, I, some, somebody, I hope somebody can correct me either via email or social media or whatever the case. Uh, Dragon Con happened, I think, in Kentucky. Uh, and uh, there was a few COVID cases that came out of the convention, like two weeks prior, and then there's still like I could feel, you know, around the Jenkins groups and Facebook and and, and other and others, uh, you know, the the kind of like the the they're afraid of like, oh no, are they going to cancel Jenkins? Is Jenkins still happening? But finally, it ended up happening, of course. And one of the positive things, like I like I mentioned before, it was that I witnessed how well, how well the people that we belong to this hobby and that we be, we love this hobby and that we love conventions, how well we, we behave. I mean, every time that I was inside the vending hall, which was the most crowded place, uh, of course, nothing related like, like previous Jenkins, and, and I will tell you more about it, but uh, it was so nice to see everyone, 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 we were all respecting the rules. We were all wearing our masks, you know, covering our, our mouth and, and nose. Uh, we were trying to keep, it was hard, but as much as social distance as we could. Uh, once once again, it was very hard. Uh, and that was almost that was almost impossible. And I guess, I mean, you, you could tell if you go to any, any event like this one, right? Um, any sort of convention or, or anything like that. Um, but other than that, it was great, you know? It was different, though, because... Um, I felt like <laughs> comparing to 2018 and 19, uh, I was actually able to walk pretty easily through the hallways, you know, through the vendor hallways versus in the years prior, it was like, you know, shoulder with shoulder and kind of like barely walking. Uh, here it was great. I mean, I was able to get my games, uh, you know, have them with my crazy backpack, you know, the ones that they sell you, the board game bags, uh, and then take it back to the car and then come back and then so on and so forth. Right. So it was pretty easy on, on that way. I was afraid though. That because of the numbers of attendees were like way lower, that that could have that could affect you know the, the publishers that they were they're trying to sell in their games, but it seems like at least to my to my point of view, it seems like that wasn't the case because actually, by Saturday, uh, I was able to see some independent booths like now completely empty. So they were not even there, and that was because I would like to think that they saw all of their games. So. That was great, you know. I was very happy to 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 see that. Uh, of course, there were some huge, huge companies that they didn't attend, and you can tell uh, because, as you know, Upper Deck, for example, is one of the biggest, biggest, biggest. Uh, I don't want to say sponsors, but contributors probably on the Gen Con. And every time Upper Deck, they they um, 
they actually when they send you the your your badge i don't know i don't know what they call it in english but you know the thing that you put around your neck to hold your badge uh uh you know that's usually with some upper uh, deck art from their most recent legendary for that year for example uh, in 2019 it was the james bond 2018 was the x files uh before that it was buffy uh the vampire slayer um then also the x men legendary uh Big Trouble in Little China ones. So I have them all here. That's why I'm mentioning. Uh, but anyway, uh, this year, they just sent random ones. They were ones that sent gamers. I got actually an X-Files one. X-Files. Uh, X-Men one, which was pretty cool. But you could see on the convention on years prior that, you know, they were had a huge, huge, huge booth with uh, very fun decor. Like on 19, they had the gun barrel of the James Bond, you know, theme so you could take pictures there before that they had the x-files the whole you know kind of like atmosphere and it was cool and they had some uh, back then they had some tables where you can play the new legendary and they will teach it to you but now of course in this gen con they didn't attend so you could you could feel that emptiness on that area though some uh independent publishers they were of course occupying that which that was a positive thing uh cool mini or not didn't attend either uh but the nice thing is was that uh family family time games which is a gaming store uh that is locally based here in indianapolis uh they actually carry their games and their products so they were selling Ank among other uh, cool mini or not games, right? So you could find that if you wanted. Uh, they were also carrying some Fantasy Flight stuff because Fantasy Flight also didn't attend to this Gen Con. Uh, so uh, that was another big booth that, that we, you know, we're, you miss because in a regular Gen Con, you have this huge, huge booth of Fantasy Flight games. And for example, in, in 2019, they were showing the Marvel Crisis Protocol, uh, Marvel Champions, and, and they have like different tables showing you the Marvel Champions card game, Marvel Crisis Protocol with all the miniatures and, and terrain and everything fully painted. It was pretty cool to see. Uh, you know, you could demo it as well. And of course, they had like the Fantasy Flight store over there where you can get all the X-Wings, Armada, you name it, all the games. So... It was very unfortunate, at least for me, because X-Wing, even if I don't own the game anymore, it still has a, like a special place in my heart, just because that was the game that brought me to the hobby. So, so there you go. They were they were not there. USOPOLY, USAOPOLY, or the OP games, they were not there as well. Bros, uh, Brother Wise games, they were not there as well. So a few, a few of those ones that they, you know, keep a, a decent amount of space there. They they weren't there, but at the same time, it was cool because. You know, publishers that probably they wouldn't be there otherwise, they had the opportunity to be there and to sell those sell their games. So that was that was cool. And I think it was very positive, you know, giving a, a more chance to those independent games that we don't see very often on conventions. And it was great on that aspect. Once again, the space, uh, everybody was wearing this ma the mask and following the rules. That was also great to see. Um, a few months prior to Gen Con, they also said that the vending hall was going to close at 6, which it did indeed. But then after that, you know, that they were going to close doors and you had to go home or to your hotel rooms uh, if you wanted to play because they were going to close the gaming hall as well or the demo hall. Uh, but then the good news came at a few weeks prior and they said, you know what? We're going to close our vending hall at 6 p.m. Then we're going to close our gaming and demo hall until midnight and that way from midnight to 7 a.m we're going to clean everything we're going to disinfect everything and that was great because one of the things that i'm always looking forward in gen con is actually to play in the gaming hall and you know be playing board games and see on the table surrounding me and and see how people are playing games there and walk around between games and see what everybody's playing that's one of the coolest things for me of Jenkin, you know, feel that atmosphere that I'm playing tw almost like 24-7 for four days, uh, you know, 24-7 for, well, 24 hours for four days, I guess you get it, uh, but um, the, the cool thing, it was it was open until midnight, and it was great, because actually, I mean, at midnight, it was a good time to go and sleep, and, and then come back full energy next day, and clean, and, you know, all the stuff, uh, so it was it was awesome, um, so a lot of po positive things to say about, about Jenkin. Um, 2021. I also very appreciate to all the publishers that support the podcast. That was fantastic. I saw so much support from publishers. And I will mention to you and I will share with you all the games that I brought from Gencon. And I will tell you which ones I got them from for review purposes. And that will mean that episodes are coming on soon. Which ones I buy. Uh, and that means that potentially episodes will come soon as well. 
Uh, or if I mention any of these and you wanna you want an episode about it, please comment uh, either on Solo BG Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or send me an email at solobgpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and yes, there is. So let's start with the games that I that I got, right? In that way, you can get a feeling of all the stuff that I got. Once again, so thankful to all these publishers that you know send this uh, that that they give me the opportunity to get their, these games basically for free for reviewer uh, for reviewing purposes. So uh, big shout out to Panda Cold Games because they hand us a copy of Barnacle Bay, which is a dungeon crawler kind of like a shovel knight. They were the ones that actually made shovel knight, the, the Kickstarter that you had it before based on the video game. Uh, I have that Kickstarter and I'm looking forward to doing an episode about Shovel Knight as well. But Barnacle Bay is something that I will be hitting at my table soon because, you know, they give it a review copy and I will tell you all about it. Also, Champions of Horror. Champions of Horror. And they give me also Folklore Affliction. The Affliction. And this is made by Green uh, Greenbrier Games. Champions of Horror. I think it was it came out in 2018. It's a 1-4 player, 30 minutes per player, 14 euro plus. I'm looking forward to play that game, Champions of Horror, once again. The Walking Dead, here is Negan, the board game. I was so excited to get that one. Actually, that one I got a half price because um, they recognized me from the show. Uh, I guess they were running just with a few copies. Um, so I understand completely. And half price, and I think it was a, it was a good deal, you know, to support the, the company as well from Mantic. And... Uh, is, you know that I'm a huge fan of the Walking Dead All of War Miniatures game, which, by the way, I should do an episode on that uh, because I don't think I have it. And and that's one of my favorite solo games ever. It was one of my first big purchases on Gencon about two, three years ago. So Walking Dead All of War. Now we have Walking Dead Here is Negan, which basically it's a dungeon crawler as well. Uh, but we are Negan friends, you know, or Negan thoughts, guys. And we're trying to be the best one, to be the right, the Negan's right hand. So I will tell you more when it hits my table and I will share some pictures, of course. Sky Tear. Sky Tear is based on a mob. Um, uh, Sky Tear, I'm sorry. Tear. tear will be like from the ice. Tear. Sky Tear. Uh, like we're breaking the sky. It's a MOVA game. Um, I'm looking forward to playing the game. Apparently, I talked to the designer a little bit. It's sort of like an area control game with some magic mechanisms because you have some sort of like the building and then you're playing your heroes and then you can play your cards between the turns, between your opponent's turns. So I'm looking forward to play that one as well. Robotech from Japanime Games. Japanime Games, they hand me a copy of Robotech, which I'm sorry, I'm not familiar, very familiar with the anime, but I, I think it was an anime or something like that, Robotech from the 90s or something. Uh, but I'm looking forward to play the game. It comes with a big, big robot, and they gave me the neoprene, neoprene mat as well. I'm looking forward to try it, and you will see some pictures. And then I head up with my friends that I did a live streaming. I hope you watch it. I live streaming with, uh, with my friends from CGE. We did it through Instagram, and I was showing you all their games, including, of course, Arnak. They gave, hand me a copy of Lost Ruins from Arnak. Uh, we were talking about their most recent addition, Galaxy Trucker from Vladachvatil, which is the new version of, of Galaxy Trucker. And they hand me a copy of that to, to review. They also hand me a copy of Through the Ages, uh, Dungeon Pets, and Space Alerts. Those three are from, from Vladachvatil. And like I said, those games will be hitting the table as well. Previously, they like a few week, like a two weeks previously, they sent me a copy of Pulsar twenty eight forty nine. So I have a lot of CGE to play, as you can see. Uh, so I will play. I will share pictures and I will share my thoughts as well. So stay tuned for that. League of Infamy also was a, a game that our friends from Mantic they handed to me, and I'm looking forward to play it. Apparently, it's a dungeon crawler, but it's a competitive one. So that will be a good fit for solo with friends. You know those episodes where we don't talk about solo games and we focus in competitive. Uh, that one, that one is hitting the table for that purposes. So stay tuned for League of Infamy from Mantic from Mantic Games. I also was able to get a copy of Role Player with the Role Player Monsters and Minions. I have to say, uh, these are the same designers that made Lockup, which is a game that I love. And the designers is Kit Kit Matishka. I hope I pronounced it correctly. Kit Kit Matishka. Uh, he um, handed me this uh, review copy. I'm looking forward to play it because the truth is that I play role player about uh, two and a, two two years and a half ago or three years probably with my good friend Caleb, and I didn't ended up liking it. I remember playing it and it was like a lot of math involved and it was like more like a puzzling game, and I remember I remember not loving it. But but um, they give me the expansions of Monsters and Minions. 
And I think it makes the game better to what I hear from my good friend Tom Basso as well. So I'm looking forward to, to try it now, to try it. Folklore the Affliction, that's another big dungeon crawler that I know a lot of people love that I haven't tried. Looking forward to Hellboy, the board game from Mantic Games as well. That's a high price one. I know that, uh, you know, it's a game that a lot of people love, especially dungeon crawler fans. Uh, so I'm looking forward to try that one as well. Because I already tried with my friend Jonathan, actually, cooperatively. And I actually like it. But I want to try it solo. In that way, I can tell you all about it. That's Hellboy the Board Game by Mantic Games. I also was able to get a copy for review of Ga uh, Great Western Trail. Uh, second edition, which is beautiful. The components are beautiful. The maples are beautiful. I will be send sharing some pictures on Instagram, so stay tuned. The Artemis Project, they just finished by Grand Gamers Guild. That one, I ended up buying it as well. But it's a game that I actually played already with my friend Caleb, and I liked it. So uh, we'll see how we play solo. Cartographers, also from the same company as Lockup. Um, that one, I tried it before. I want to try it solo and see how it, how it works. Uh, Genotype. Genotype from, uh, what is the company? Genius Games. Genotype, it's a science game. We want to we go smart with this one, right? Uh, and, and let's see. You can play it once. You, can, you play it one to five players. I'm looking forward to that one. I bought my first, my first, well, I didn't bought it, actually. They give it to me for free for review purposes, um, and which I'm really appreciated. And I'm talking about my first RPG game ever, ever. I have never bought an RPG manual, RPG game, nothing like that. So now I'm going to start to dive a little bit on RPG. My good friends from Free League Games, they give me a copy of Alien, the role-playing game. And I'm looking forward to try it. I'm looking forward to play it and have the first review episode of our role-playing game in Solo BG podcast. Looking forward. The Night Cage by a Smark, um, Smark and Dagger, uh, Smirk and, and Dagger Games. Um, the Night Cage, the Cage Baby. Every time I hear that sound, I feel uh, that name. I feel like Nicholas Cage, right? The Night Cage. It's a very, very fun game. You can play solo, you can play cooperative, and it's coming soon to Solo BG Podcast. So stay tuned. I, I was able to get the neoprene mat on the game. Oh, man, it looks it looks beautiful on the table. It looks very dark, of course, because we are in the night cage. And who knows? Maybe I can do a proxy and Nicolas Cage will be on the game as well. Uh, the Picture Perfect by Arncar Wonders. That one, I actually ended up buying it because my wife liked it. I liked it. It's fun. We already played it. We already shared some pictures on Instagram. I need to do a review about, about that game soon. Um, Seven Summits by Deep Water Games. Uh, Fantasy Factory is also... That's another game that I... That I'm looking forward to play Metafact from Metafactory Games. Midara Unintentional Malum Act Number One by Succubus Publishing. Um, I want to give a big shout out uh, to Brooklyn from um, uh, Succubus uh, Publishing because he was very nice with me. We hang out for a little bit. We talk about the podcast. We talk about projects. And he was, you know, very nice. He decided to support the show. He handed me a copy of Midara. And I'm looking forward to try it. I'm looking forward to hit the table. It's a big, big, big campaign. And I know there's a, I know there's a lot of comparison between this one and Descent. And some people like this one better than Descent. So I'm going to have an episode about it very soon as well. And then I had a great, a blast so fun with my friends from Funko Games. They had a big booth in Jenkin, and they had a bunch of games showing out there. I actually, I also sent, uh, shared some pictures on Instagram and Facebook, uh, but they hand me a few copies of their games, and I'm looking forward to have, you know, well, we, this is what we're going to do. You and I, check it out. You and I, we're going to have a special episode about Funko Games, part one and part two, and we're going to talk about the Goonies, uh, Never Say Die, the board game, Fast and Furious, Highway Heist, we're going to talk about that game on those episodes. Uh, Back to the Future, Back in Time. The Rocketeer, two-player game, we're going to talk about it as well. They hand me a copy of Funkoverse from Marvel with Thanos. Oh my God, Thanos is my favorite uh, character from Marvel. So we're going to do these, these great uh, episodes, you and I, of Funko Games Part 1 and Funko Games Part 2. And I'm going to tell you at the end 
which one is the winner and which one is my favorite, which is going to be hard, but I'm going to tell you. Uh, also, I got a copy of Jurassic Parts. Thank you so much for 20 cent, 25 Century Games. The same guys that made On The Rocks. Uh, so I'm looking forward to try that one. I got a copy of Flourish by the same designer of Everdell. Uh, Starling Games. It's a beautiful gardening game. I will tell you all about it very soon as well. Equinox by Rainer Nitzia. Oh my goodness. Equinox. Equinox. Equinox, my friends. I was playing it on the gaming hall the night that I got it. Uh, we were playing a four-player games, a four-player game. I'm sorry, and there was a time because I'm gonna do a review about it, but I will spoil it right now. There was a time where we were about to finish the game, and one of the players uh, was literally way behind, and we were like two rounds before it ends, right? And sometimes when you have those situations, those players can feel like, well, I mean, I'm done. I guess I'm just gonna play whatever and watch the rest of the game for two rounds and it could be 30 minutes, it could be 40 minutes, whatever. Well, there's a combo and a situation and a catch-up mechanic on that game that I was literally like standing up from my chair and I was like, man, Rainer Nitzia, it's a genius. He has a solid, very solid mechanic and it really it really shows you, uh, you know, and it really shares with you the appreciation for the design design aspect of a game so it's a great game equinox i mean i had a blast i ended up my friend from plan b games which i mean a big hug to them they gave me a copy of the game with the neoprene mat and i'm looking forward to do an episode about the game it's it's the art is beautiful and it's a game that is coming on then from i visit my friend from mondo as well from mondo games they made uh, one of my favorite games which is video vortex a deck building game that i bought a few months ago but they had me a copy of their new game fate of phantos it's like a cthulhu type game you know it seems like like some resource management and deck building um so looking forward to share it with you i ended up buying also from psc games uh, a game from polo mori blitzkrieg which I know, I know I hear all the time that it's a great solo game and I'm looking forward to try it as well. It's a one and two player games, but Blitzkrieg, it's about, it's a war game, an abstract uh, war game. So I'm looking forward to, to try it. Uh, Palm Island, a game that you can play literally on the palm of your hand. That's another game that I ended up getting on Gen Gun and I'm looking forward to a solo game too. I'm, I actually want to travel. I am going in a week to Orlando, Florida. I'm going to be at Disney, eh? surprise, and see my favorite attraction of Star Wars. But uh, I might take it in just to, you know, just to see how 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 he plays and, you know, all that stuff. And, and, and seeing in reality, I can play it with one hand, right? And I ended up buying as well Fire Tower. Um, the, my, uh, the publisher actually hand me, uh, as a review purposes, the uh, solo mode expansion. I tried already two players Fire Tower and... It's okay-ish, like nothing nothing crazy, you know. I think, I don't want to speak bad of the game, but uh, two players probably is not the best <laughs> amount of players for this game. But, I mean, who knows? Probably with the expansion, uh, it will work better. This is Fire Tower, Fight Fire with Fire, and it's published by Runaway Parade Games. These are the games on the rocks, actually, before I finish. I also got on the rocks from uh, 25 Century Games. I got from, from, from Forbidden Games, Pirates, um, that's another deck building game, apparently. I haven't tried. We'll see how it goes because I'm waiting for the Kickstarter Lizard Wizard, which is another game that I'm waiting for. Raccoon Tycoon is one of my favorite games. So uh, because of those two, I ended up buying Pirates. I hope it's good. And also, um, my friends from Mondo Games, they hand me a review copy of Dream Crush, a game about dating. <laughs> it's not very much my theme, but hey, we'll, we'll see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it to the table. Uh, and, uh, you know, share with you some pictures as well. And, of course, Atlantis Rising. Atlantis Rising 2nd Edition, which is the game that we're going to talk about um, tonight. And, you know, amount, um, that was it. I think that was all I got at Jengon. I'm looking at, at my gaming room and, 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 you know, looking around to see what else I bought. Um, oh, <laughs> I'm I'm actually, it's because it's in my table. The other game that I ended up buying and I went all in because I didn't, I didn't back it on the Kickstarter... It's Unsettled, Unsettled by Orange Nebula Games. Uh, I am I'm I'm in the middle of my uh, third playthrough. I actually have it here on my table, recording on top of them. Uh, and I'm just going to say it this way. Uh, so far, right? My first impressions. I love Interstellar, the movie. I really do. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Um, and you know that Nemesis is my holy grail of games, right? So that's still there. Like that's Nemesis is not going away, um, you know, anytime uh anytime soon 
Uh, but I have to say, I do have to say that um, Unsettled, it's probably the interstellar board game. Um, it's like if you're, it's basically a puzzling game in the space. Uh, it, it feels possibly, but at the same time it's not, and it's basically a survival game. You have to resolve a puzzle, if that makes sense. I don't know how to explain it yet, because I need to play more, and I will do an episode about it. The, the production is great. You can see some pictures, once again, in the social media. But it's literally Interstellar, the board game. So if you like the movie, like me, then maybe this is a game that you want to check it out, because it's so thematic, it's so immersive, it's great, and you just, you know, trying to investigate the planet where you're playing, uh, trying to see what kind of the science behind it, trying to get knowledge from it, uh, opportunities from it, and basically trying not to die because your endurance will be waste, will be getting waste as, as you play a turn by turn. So, um, Unsettled, the board game, I know that review is coming very soon to the table. I didn't have it as a review copy. I actually ended up buying it all in there. It was like $140 for the base game. And um, it's a one, two, three, four, four extra planets plus the two planets that it comes in the, in the base game. So that's another game that I'm looking forward to tell you all about. And that was it. You know, Gen Con was great. Once again, uh, I'm looking forward to, to the next Gen Con. Actually, uh, this convention was very special to me as well because I was able to bring my friend uh david he just started in board games he here's more like a like a video gamer uh but i convinced him he's from fargo north dakota um and i convinced him you know like hey come and, and spend a weekend with me in and uh you know and i will take you there and i took him there and apparently he had a blast and he ended up buying a few games he ended up buying everdale and among other games and i know he will enjoy it and hopefully hopefully fingers crossed we will have a new member in the hobby with him as well um i had a blast it was it was definitely a very special gen con it was very, definitely a very unique gen con and you know i'm i'm that really motivates me to to hope for the best and and regardless of what we think if regardless of our political beliefs regardless of of if we support the vaccines or not regardless if we want to wear a mask or not i think what uh gencon taught us as well is that if we are kind to each other and if, and if we just you know do the right thing i'm not going to say follow the rules i'm going to say if we do the right thing for each other and we take care of each other thoughts feelings and health and 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 person as a human beings i think we are in a good path right now and 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 this give me hope you know i know at the moment at the moment of my recording it's uh saturday let me give you the date right now saturday uh october the 2nd origins is happening on ohio and i'm so sad that i'm not there but it's just because you know, like I said, I'm going to Disney next week, so I'm trying to prepare. But um, that really gives me hope that soon, soon, my friends, uh, we will be either back to what we thought it was normal before 2020, or 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 we're gonna be able to to adapt to our world a little bit better. And I'm sorry, my series is going crazy to adapt to this to this uh, world a little bit better. And to be better, you know, at the end of the day, to have these fantastic conventions, fantastic uh, get-together and, 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 and play and, and talk about games and have a blast and have a drink and, and have some good food while we talk about games and what we share with each other and what we play with each other and we roll some dice. Um, it was also, um, you know, very, very nice to see people just being happy, just being them. And and following following what he was right, you know, follow. I don't. Once again, I'm not gonna mention the rules, but just doing whatever it takes to have these type of conventions again. Uh, SNHPO is coming up on Germany. It's gonna happen this month in a few weeks from now, uh, two weeks or one week from now, from the time of my recording. And I'm so looking forward 
to see um, the pictures and posts from my amazing friends, content creators over there from, from Europe, uh, from the people that are traveling from other places of the world. I'm looking forward to see all the pictures, to hear all the episodes on podcasts, to watch all the videos on YouTube, because at the end of the day, this is a fantastic and beautiful hobby that there's no, um, you know, kind of like a, like a competency here or anything like a, like a, to see who wins, who is the best. No, it's about to share in my opinion. So uh, that's great. Before I forget, I actually <laughs> I'm looking at another game here that it was one of my big, 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 uh, huge successfuls, I guess I will call it, from, from um, uh, Gen Con. I ended up buying Horrified American Monsters. Horrified, you know, that I love the, the first edition the, with the Universal Monsters, Universal Studios Monsters. I got the Horrified, the American Monsters. Oh, man, I haven't, get, I haven't got tired yet of beating the Chupacabras so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great game. I played it already with friends. I played it with my wife. I actually haven't played it solo, but it's such a good, solid game from Ravensburger, Horrified American Monsters. And I- I'm going to do an episode, actually, probably this month because of Halloween. Uh, so it's a, it's, it's a great game. I will spoil it right now. You know, and just to, to close the Gen Con topic, um, another cool thing that happened to me is that I brought my Holy Grail to... to to Gen Con, I brought my Nemesis game with my terrain, with my painted minis and everything. And that proved me, listen to this, that my experience at Nemesis, with Nemesis, I'm sorry, at Gen Con, proved to me why I think Nemesis, for me, for a solo gamer that likes the production, that likes the visual, that likes the immersiveness, that likes a good story, that likes tension on games, this proves to me why Nemesis to me is the best solo and cooperative game when you play it that way. Um, I set it up first while we were playing other games and I, I, I leave it there on the table on the gaming hall where we were playing other games on the table on the table that was next next to that table, right? And people were just walking and staring at the minis and it's not like a, I'm a great you know mini painter or anything like that. Nothing at all. I'm actually awful. But... Um, they were staring at the game like, hey, look, this is the game that I've been telling you I hear all the time. Or, hey, this is the game that I just bought, man. This is great. Hey, this is the game that I'm winning on Kickstarter, man. Hey, look at this game. I don't know what it is, but it looks beautiful. You will hear all these comments here and there. And it was so great. You know, it was so I was getting so hyped, like almost like I wanted, wanted to buy it again. Um, then the time came for us to play Nemesis. We played, we played a five-player cooperative game. Everybody was so engaged. Everybody was so tense. Everybody was having a blast. We were working with each other. There was no alpha player. I will tell you that. Now for the first time, I played it five players. There's no alpha player on this because everybody has a lot going on that you don't have time. And even if you don't want to play it semi-cooperative, you have a lot going on. There's there's no way. I mean, you can suggest probably, hey, do you mind come and help me because the queen is killing me? But, you know, um, other than that, there there's no alpha player. And actually, matter of fact, a, a lovely couple from Italy, they were passing by. I think they live here in U.S. now, but they were passing by. They saw us playing um, Nemesis, and they actually stopped there for a big, big part of the game, probably half of the game, just watching because they they happen to be fans of the game as well and they were watching they were so engaged they were uh, you could see like if they were watching a movie like literally we were playing the game and they were watching a whole movie like a whole uh alien uh space tension horror movie it was so good and i have never witnessed an experience like that with any other game you know you go to conventions you have other games there and people pass by and they're like oh, okay it looks cool it looks great yeah they stare for a couple of turns for a couple of rounds and they leave no these people were watching and then another guy came and he's like watching and then even another guy came and like hey when you're done if you need more players let me know and i'm like dude we're gonna be here like for five hours but anyway um it's 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 so great, and I think it's worth mentioning Nemesis on this, on this uh, Gen Con uh, special because it really. I'm looking at, at the box right now and the alien. And I want to kind of want to kiss him. <laughs> I think it's the queen, but uh, uh, you know, it it was so so good, so great experience, and and now I'm very happy to share it with you. Um, it was great. It was great. Anyway, we are about <laughs> 35 minutes already on the episode, so. Let's jump into our next section. You know, once again, Django 2021 was great. Looking forward to see your pictures from Essen. Looking forward to, uh, you know, to see uh, the pictures from Origins, uh, from from everyone. And I'm looking forward for more conventions. And I'm looking forward to see 
all of you, you, even if it's one person on the other side of, on the other side of the speaker, I'm looking forward to roll some dice sometime with you uh, in a future convention. So let me know and we will play once again Solo BG Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at my email, solobgpodcast at gmail.com. With that being said, let's jump into the second part of the episode, Atlantis Rising. Okay, so now let's dive in into Atlantis Rising 2nd Edition. This is a game designed by uh, Galen Cicels, uh and it's published by Elf Creek Games. This is the 2nd Edition from by Galen Cicel and Brent Digman. Artwork by Vincent Dutrade and graphics by Peter G- Gifford. Uh, this actually has a seal of excellence from the Dice Tower. Remember that Solo BG Podcast now belongs to the Dice Tower Network, and or is part of the Dice Tower Network, better say. Uh, and uh, we are very happy to be, and I uh, recommend you to go and jump and hear the other podcasts that they have there and all the other uh, content creators at the DiceTowerNetwork.com. Um, it's, uh, let's see, you can play one to seven players, 10 year old plus, 60 to 120 minutes. And uh, yes, this is a game. This is a game that you can play solo. And it's actually a Euro game, in case you don't know anything about this game. It's a Euro game, so let's open the box. The art on the, before I open it, the art on the on the main cover is great. It's just like this portal that is taking like a, like a city or like a civilization on the sea, trying to other, to try to go to, to another, I guess, uh, area, you know, with some woods and some mountains. It looks beautiful. That portal looks great. And then you have this huge wave, uh, you know, of water and then some people trying to hang to something, to the island, I'm assuming, and looking at that portal trying to escape Atlantis Rising. It's 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 beautiful, the art, once again, uh, from Vincent Dutrade. Um, then on the back of the box, it's a 12 by 12, uh, actually, inch uh, box. It will fit perfect on your calyx, so don't worry about it. What if you could save Atlantis from its fated destruction? The Atlanteans have built glorious civilization, but a reliance on technology powered by mystic energy has caused them to turn away from the gods. The gods will not tolerate such harbors in mere mortals. Atlantis must be destroyed. In this challenging cooperative game of survival, players are counselors who must use their followers' special powers and ancient artifacts to escape Atlantis before it sinks beneath the waves. Atlantis Rising uses an innovative method of simultaneously worker placement, asking you to plan together how to divide your workers among available locations. Uh, and then Atlantis needs you, uh, needs you. Are you up to a task? And build a cosmic gate turn into resource and slot gate components into the gate board as you means to escape uh, is created by peace. Uh, and basically you're going to be doing this to, through uh, 37 interlocking tiles that they will conform the island of Atlantis that is sinking, my friends. It's sinking. Let's open this bad boy here. I'm going to hold the mic with my arm and I'm removing the box right now. The first thing we're going to find, it's a rule book, of course, like <laughs> most of the games. It's a very nice, let's see, uh, how many pages? Uh, 16, 15 double-sided pages that it will explain you the game. Very straightforward, actually. It will tell you the components and all the stuff. Very straightforward because I actually didn't end up needing to go to the BGG or Working Geek or anything like that or to watch videos. Pretty straightforward, which is something that I will mention at the end with what did I like of the game and what I didn't like from the game. Uh, it includes 37, then we're going to have 37 board tiles, very good, very good quality, very sturdy. You have one Cosmic Gate board. Check this out. The Cosmic Gate board, it, it's, inc- it's included to you on the base game, right? I got the Deluxe Edition with the Neoprene Math and everything. Everything Deluxe is great. The components are fantastic. Uh, and it actually makes the game slightly better component-wise and visual-wise, right? But this Cosmic Gate board... That one that you get on the base game, oh man, it's so beautiful. It's a beautiful component, you know. It, it has the kind of like the slots for all the 
uh, machines that you're going to be getting the resource for and then to build a cosmic gate. It's so good that actually when I put my neoprene mat, that it, had, it has the spaces to put everything. I actually much rather play with that, that cosmic gate. The, the cosmic gate, I'm sorry, that comes in the base game because it's great. It's awesome. looks fantastic on the table. So yeah, I just wanted to mention that. You get also 20 cosmic gate component tiles and one power, power core tile. You get 10 council player boards, the Rod of the Gods uh, uh, track with a Rod Counter, which is the deluxe edition. It's a, a, a nice wooden wave. Here you will get just a cardboard. You get six mystic barriers and plastic stands. That's good. That, that works great. Then you get two of these, two of these six dice. Um, and you can get the beautiful art dice from the deluxe edition. But if you don't want to, that's fine. Uh, you don't have to. These dice work great. You get a starting player marker. You get 67 misfortune cards, which are the events that are going to be happening during the game that basically they're going to be sinking the, the island. You get some library cards, which they give you abilities. You get the meeples, which is one leader for followers, one player marker uh, for different colors that you're going to be playing. Um, you get the uh, automa or automaton uh, uh, player that is going to be doing the, the AI of the game, you get one hologram for when you play solo or two players. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about that once we do review. You get 24 Mystic Energy, uh, some Crystal uh, Meteoric Iron, or uh, and Gold, and uh, Atlantic, uh, it's called Atlantium Metal, which is like resin bars. The components that you get from the base games are cool, actually. Actually, this is a game that if you don't get the Deluxe Edition, or you don't get the deluxe components, it's still very good, very good quality. Uh, but, you know, if you want to go, I guess, above and beyond, <laughs> uh, you can try to get the deluxe editions if you're able. Uh, but you don't have to because the components from the base game, like I mentioned, they're great and they are beautiful as well. So what is what is the idea on this game? You know, how, how does how does he play? Well, the objective of play, of course, is to get, to get through that gate uh, before the whole island sinks and you're going to be doing that while the game uh, progresses in different phases during a round so the first phase you're going to do is that on the island you're going to set it up with all the interconnecting tiles and they're going to be forming like peninsulas the different islands right and then you're going to be able to go to those areas in order to try to get a resource either gold or metal or atlantium or whatever is the case or in that way, with those resources, then you can uh, try to go and start to build those gates until you get to the main gate. And that's the, the idea of the game, to try to get the resources, pay for them on the other tiles, which are the gates, to, uh, at the end, uh, once you build those nines, those nine gates, you can uh, uh, give the resources to the, resources to the power core, In that way you can travel to the gate, right, and save yourself. That's the whole idea. Uh, but you do this by, once again, getting those resources in a worker placement way. So, at the beginning of the round, you're going to place your meeples in different sections of the island or peninsulas trying to get gold. The, the The tricky part is that in every peninsula, as you go farther from the, from the nucleus or from the core, it's easier to get resources. Why? Because if you go to the peak of the peninsula or to the last part of the edge of the peninsula, let's say the, the one that has the gold resources, you're going to go there. And then once you place your worker, if your worker makes it alive after the event phase, let's say that it's called the, the misfor suffer misfortune phase, if your worker is still there, then you're going to roll a six-sided die. And let's say that tile says three. When you roll your die, if you get three or higher, then you're going to collect that gold. Does that make sense? Then the ones that are going, the towns that are going more towards the middle of the nucleus of the core of the island, that one, it gets harder to get resources because now you have four, now you have five, now you have six, and so on and so forth. Some of them will require actually to have two uh, meeples together. So... He makes it harder. So you're going to place your, your meeples over there in the island. Most likely, you're going to try to go for the easy ones, right? Try to get some resources at the beginning. The problem is that then on the, on the suffer misfortune phase, you're going to be, at the beginning of the game, you're going to shuffle all this, those event cards, and then you're going to be revealing one for each character. Uh, and, uh, you know, when you reveal those ones, those ones most likely will say either this peninsula or this island, this piece of the island will sink. So you will have to turn that tile, the, the face down, and it will actually look beautiful graphically designed uh, how the island, it seems like it's sinking. But if you have your meeple there, that meeple thematically, you know, is synced. So just retrieve it to your board uh, and that's it. You won't be able to to, to resolve the, uh, the action. So that's the only, the only thing that you want to, you know, think about it at the time of placing these meeples there that 
they can sync if you if you put them on the easier uh, tile. So those, just keep that in mind. Then after you suffer those, misfor those misfortunes, the ones that survive and that they're in, in, in spaces that they haven't, you know, got destroyed or sink by the waves, uh, then you um, start to do your actions, you roll your dice, you start to trying to gather your resources, and after that, then you will endure uh, the wrath of the gods, which basically you have a track for the wrath of the gods where you're going to be advancing that wave, uh, and that wave will never go, go back unless another effect uh, stated. Uh, so that will also be destroying tiles every turn. So you, you get the idea of how though that island will start to sink faster and faster and faster as the game go by. And you really need to, to build those gates in order to survive. How do you build those gates? Well, you have to to special places. You have to go to special places where you're going to give the resources that a gate requires, let's say, two iron and two gold. And then that will be that will be built. And when it's, when it's, when it's built, uh, it will give you an ability or, or an extra space where to go to, to make your game kind of like easier. So that's basically how it plays. It's a worker placement, a cooperative worker placement game. Uh, if you play solo, though, it's going to have the automaton, which is called the AI, the AI I'm sorry, which basically is going to be behaving as, a, as another player that is going to be doing some weird stuff. I play it solo, pretending to play with a two-player game. You know, you get two characters, each character has abilities, um, and you can play with them. Uh, and, and then you can use the hologram, which basically is another deck of cards that has all the characters that you didn't play with. Uh, and when you every when you're playing two players or solo, which it will be this, the, kind of like the same for me, uh, you one turn you're gonna have the hologram. The, the next turn the other player will have the hologram. Once again, if you're playing solo, you're just placing the the hologram in the different characters as the turns go by. And you're gonna draw two cards from that deck of characters that they weren't not playing on the game. Choose one to play to have their ability, and that holograms can that hologram can work or as another uh, worker or follower, right, from those uh, advisors from the gods. So you can use it and to try to get more resources, So which is cool. And the components are cool. And actually, the hologram is like a transparent meeple, which it looks great. Um, so there you go. That's that's how you play it solo. That's the only difference. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a cooperative worker placement that it plays very easy, plays uh, very straightforward, and that it's definitely, you know, unique. There's some stuff... Uh, to discover as well during the game, uh, you know, like the abilities from the players and things like that. But, I mean, that's basically, that's uh, Atlantis Rising. Now, what do I think about Atlantis Rising? What do I think about this game? First of all, it was a big surprise uh, to try a cooperative worker placement game. Because, as you know, usually the cooperative games will be either dungeon crawlers, will be either sort of like pandemic games, um, you know, that that's the kind of normal cooperative game. Uh, but, you know, when you have a worker placement cooperative, definitely it stands up as a difference. So, that, and that's a unique thing. So that's why, uh, that's that's we're going to start with the positive things, right? Positive things from Atlantic Rising that is unique, that it's a worker placement, uh, unique game. So if you like Euros, this is your kind of game. If you like um, Cooperative, this is your kind of games. If you like Thematic, this is your kind of game. If you like Visuals, this is your kind of game. So you see, I mean, you get the idea, right? Like how, what I'm trying to get there. So Atlantis has this uh, this uniqueness on, on the design-wise, on mechanic-wise, mechanic that it makes it seem and it makes it work so good. Um, other thing that I like on the game is the art. The art is great. It's, it's just beautiful and, and astonishing. And, and the graphic, uh, you know, because it mentions to, it mentions the artwork and also the graphics. So I think they work together. And I think um, Vincent Dutrade and Peter Gifford did a great, great job here. Um, you know, especially the aesthetics, I will say, where when the tiles are starting to, to sing, uh, you know, you flip that tile face down and it gives you the visual aspect of the island getting sunk in the in the ocean. So that's great. And it's so nice, so thematic, so good. It gives, actually gives you that tension of, you know, of like, oh, my God, <laughs> the island is going down. So you're kind of trying to save yourself. And, and, and it actually, uh, you know, it creates a good tension, a good visual tension during the game. So that's another very uh, positive thing. Another positive thing that it's huge in, in, in cooperative games is that, to my opinion, there still can be alpha player. There still can be. There can, still can be somebody on your table that it will be telling everybody where to go 
and all that stuff. But I think it's very low. I think it's very low because um, since it's a worker placement, yes. I mean, I can say something like, you know what? I will, I will go for gold. You will go for iron, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's it's not for sure that you're gonna get red resource, uh, on, on unless you know you have some stuff there that you can trigger some abilities that kind of like can secure that resource. But most likely, most likely, you know, it's not for sure that you're gonna get them because you still have to roll a die. So I I think in that aspect. You know, it kind of it kind of makes it hard for all those alpha players out there. And I said all there because I I, I don't like you guys. <laughs> I like to play cooperative, you know, uh, in in a friendly and in fair way where we can all have fun and we can all, you know, do our share and put our share. But um, yeah, I think I think there's there's not too much risk for alpha player here. So that's another positive, another positive thing of the game. Uh, actually, it has a very a nice island where you can go. It's like a peninsula as well, where you can get some library cards. I didn't talk about it on how it plays, but those library cards will give you extra abilities during a turn or at the beginning of your turn. So that that's cool as well. Um, I really like the tension. Another positive thing that I, I I talk about the visual tension of the game, but I really like the tension from the events, from the event deck of the misfortunes, right? Like how it's really, really, really pushing, pushing you to to. Try to do the things faster game-wise, right? I mean, like, for the games. Uh, try to the, the, do the things carefully and, and kind of fast in order to get the resources to open those gates and, and ultimately to power the main core and get out of there before the island sink. So I like that as well. The components and the production of the game, you know, excellent. They're great. Uh, once again, I got the Deluxe Edition. I was lucky enough to be at Gen Con, and they had it there, and I bought the Deluxe component as an extra and the new Primat and all the stuff. You don't have to. You definitely don't have to. Uh, you know, the components of the game from the base game are great. Uh, and, and and it looks beautiful on the table. Great production, great visual, great art. Uh, you know, so you, you, I can tell that Elf Creek Games put a lot of love on this game. And that, when I see these kind of things, is where I really, really want to support the company. And I want to get more games from them. This was my first Elf Creek game. And I, I, I'm in love, you know, I'm in love and I'm looking forward. Another cool thing of the game um, is the theme, you know, the whole theme, the the Atlanteans and, and they they started to use technologies and now the gods are like, well, you didn't care for me, so you're going down, literally. And then now it's like, okay, guys, without technology, we need to get out of here because the gods are, you know, upset with us and we need to leave. So that theme and, and situation where the game puts you, it's also, also very good. Um what I don't like from the game, a few things that, you know, there's just minor things on me. For example, uh, I don't like that they don't give you a player aid, like a card, you know, like a little card that you can take, like most of the games give you, like, hey, this is what you do on your turn, and these are the faces, and this and that. I don't like that they didn't give you one of those. But when you have a great production like this one, well, I don't, I don't know if cost-wise would it be too much to add seven cards, more to more to the deck and and you know and that way we can all get the players eight. I don't think it would be so, and I don't want them to do a third edition to include those cards. But you know it's nice when we have those players eight. So probably that would be one thing. The other thing is that if you don't gonna do that, I love where you uh, put on the back on the rule book, you know, uh, like a guide as well, like a walkthrough, like uh, you know on the on your round you're gonna do this, you're gonna do that, versus a frequently asked questions. I mean, yeah, that's that's good, you know. It's like, okay, what happens to this? And yes, you go. This is actually good questions. Like, uh, how do effects like Ancient Atlas, Earthquake, and Explorer, a special ability interact? Oh, I'll give you an answer. Well, this happened. Or, or what, what, do you, what do I do if I choose the scholar for the hologram? Well, this is what you do, and whatever, you know, depending on the abilities. But it would be nice to include one extra page on the rule book. Once again, I don't think cost-wise would it be a big difference. And just to add, like, hey, it's a very straightforward game. This is what's happening on your round. Pa, 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 pa. Just like that. You know, it would be nice. And and once again, this is something that, that that's why I said like the things that I don't like from the game are um personal. Very, very personal because um, you know, it's those type of things. I don't think mechanically wise has any flaw. I don't think design wise has any flaw. Uh so so that's that's good. I think the age ten year plus works great. I think it's also a a good game that it can help 
uh, young people to start into worker placement, but in a cooperative way. Well, in that way, you work together with them and you're teaching them. So that's great. I think it's a game that anybody can play and that these type of games are the ones that you can show to people once they have played Ticket to Ride and all those games, which is the kind of game like, okay, you're ready to jump the next level. Here it is. And and people are going to get attracted to the hobby even more. Um, for this game, um, actually, I'm while well, I put it on the BGG, well, I will try to put it here. So just bear with me while I'm on my cell phone. This is a little bit of advertising. You know, I'm going to give you a little bit of advertising where, where I go there and look in BGG. I really uh, want to tell you that if you want to support the show, uh, you can do it by going to uh, kickstartedgames.com. That's kickstarted with ed.com. Uh, and you can get some cool games for you. Uh, and also, you will be supporting the show. Once again, kickstartedgames.com. If you use the code SOLOBG altogether, you get 15% off from 15. No, 15. 15. Uh, what, what am I doing? 15. 1 5. <laughs> 15% off from your total purchase. Uh, if you live in the US, when you spend $100 or more, you get free shipping. So you can go over there. They have some cool games, so some Kickstarter exclusives that you can find with them. They have some nice... Uh, we were talking about masks during Gen, during Gen Con, right? They have some cool Meepo uh, masks. Uh, you know that I actually have one from there, uh, and I use it sometimes, and it's very cool. Um, you, know, you know, So you can get some cool games, some cool merchandise on kickstartedgames.com. Once again, kickstartedwithedgames.com. Most importantly, you will be supporting not only the show, but also um, uh, independent uh, gaming stores. So that's always very good. So there you go, kickstartedgames.com. If you want to support Solo BG Podcast, check it out with code SOLOBG. Atlantis Rising on BGG. Uh, it has a rank overall of 700. Um, it has a 7.8 on, on the rating. Uh, second edition, of course, this came out on 2019. And the designers, like I said, I already mentioned it, uh, Galen Ciesel and... Brent Dickman. My rating for Atlantis Rising from 0 to 5 were 0. I hated it. And 5. I love it. Like like a like, not like a holy grail like Nemesis. Nothing will be like that, but a game that I really enjoy. Definitely Atlantis Rising for me. It's a 4.8. <laughs> Just like that. A 4.8. It's a great game. I mean, honestly, the Point two is just for minor things like I mentioned, like player aids, things like that. But um, as a whole, right? Uh, but I think it's a great game. It's an awesome game. It's one of those games that I will recommend you to get it. Honestly, honestly, if you like, the, if you follow this podcast, if you like the show, and if you like the way I describe games, and if you kind of relate with the same taste of gaming that I have, get it. Atlantis Rising, it's great. I mean, it's it you know it's there. It's there almost at the peak. It's definitely one of my fa- uh, favorite Euro games. It's definitely my favorite cooperative Euro game. I know there's not too many out there, but my favorite cooperative Euro games. Uh, and um, it's just fantastic. I'm looking forward for expansions, and I'm looking forward to buy ma- more games for from Elf Creek Games. It's simple as that. Simple as that. Wonderful game. Fantastic game, fantastic production, fantastic theme, uh, fantastic uh, playtime, uh, and it's very accurate to what it tells you uh, on the playtime of um, 60 to 120 minutes. Yes, it's an hour, two hours, depending on how it goes. It can go sooner if we start to sink like crazy right away, but it's a great, 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 great game. I will put it that way. A huge, solid game that you must try and most likely you need to get. That was Atlantis Rising 2nd Edition. My friends, it was very nice to do this episode once again. We talk about Gencon, we talk about a fantastic game. Uh, and a lot of games, like I mentioned to you earlier, are coming soon to the podcast. A lot of reviews. Um, I have big news to share in case you being following me also in Solo BG Podcast in Espanol. Well, the last time we recorded, actually, an episode was back on March. And then there was a lot of situations with my good friend El Chino uh, that we couldn't, uh, you know, getting together for recording anymore. Uh, but it's coming back. Solo BG Podcast in Espanol is coming back. Actually, we have a, a new team member, I guess. Uh, and tomorrow we are recording uh, that in Spanish. So in case you want to listen, Solo BG Podcast in Espanol, we have a few episodes already on air. And tomorrow we get back. 
And there's also a new podcast coming up. I'm planning a new project, a new podcast. So stay tuned for that. I will share it with you as well. With that being said, you know, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, everything you you do, everything you do for the show, all the support that you give every time, every time that you reach out to me, either via email at solobgpodcast.gmail.com or through Solobg Podcast social media. And I look forward to hear more from you and I look forward to play with you and share and know your thoughts on Atlantis Rising as well and your input in Gen Con once again. So thank you so much. And just, you know, stay happy, keep rolling dice. Uh, and until next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop. Didn't know what time it was. The lights were low. I leaned back on my radio. Some cat was lying down, some rock and roll. Lot of soul, he said. David Bowie, Starman.